Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the HP Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin. Here with me, the beautiful boy. Whatever you, whatever you want. Wow. No Phil today. Phil is off doing his, is it a civic duty? I think it is a civic duty. A civic duty of jury duty. Wow. You know, here's the thing about jury duty. That's what is like, the thing about jury sound duty, Sound like a ben? comedian. <laughs> Jury duty is something that I have wanted to do ever since I turned 18. Like, I've always thought it would be cool just to go and see the actual process. I don't necessarily need to make it onto the jury or anything. I just want to get called. Okay. I know a lot of people dread it. They don't want to do it. They don't want to go because it's, you know, you got to sit there and wait a lot. But for me, I'm like, I want to see the process. Like, I'm really into political science and history and everything. I've never once gotten called. Yeah. My wife been called four times. Wow. Gotten out of it every time. I've never been called Ben. You're a lot younger than me, too. Here's the thing that I don't understand about jury duty is you get called. Maybe you're selected to be on the jury. Uh-huh. This is how little I know about actual important <laughs> things in life. I don't know anything about my taxes or about jury duty. Right. Is you're a man child. You're then required to be on this jury and miss a shit ton of work. Yes. So is your employer supposed to pay you? Is the government going to pay you? Who's who's making sure your belly is is full at the end of the night when you're so, on a th- think if you're on like the Ted Bundy case. I just watched that Ted Bundy thing on Netflix. That's right. You might be on that case for months. Some employers do pay you. They pay you 100%. They want you yeah. to be there. I think all employers are required to let you like continue working there. Yeah. But they're not required to pay you. Um I th- I could be wrong about this. It's very possible, but I f- I think I heard uh, some some places will actually pay you a small amount. So some court, to be on the jury court systems. Yes, I know some of them pay for parking. That's for sure. Here's the thing: <laughs> if I'm called, uh-huh. then and if I'm in there for multiple weeks, yeah, I'm fucked because yeah, I'm not getting paid. I need that money. That's right. But I have to because the government says you have to. If you avoid jury duty, you're going to jail, right? That's pretty much the case. Yeah, you you're not supposed to try to get out of it. This is this is this is you just got to go in there and act as crazy as possible. I guess pretend uh, that that you're you're for whatever they're oh, against and vice be, versa. I can't be on this case. That's my friend Jeff that's murdered someone. I can't. 
yeah. possibly be on the jury. I can't be on this jury. I'm positive he did it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. This is, as I said, the HP Podcast, your weekly gaming podcast from HandsomePhantom.com. We're so glad you're here hanging out with us, minus Phil. Of course, Phil, we wish you our best. And Brandon. And Brandon. Yeah. Uh, we wish you both our very best. Uh, HP Podcast, HandsomePhantom.com, the number one video game website in the world to hate on GameStop lately. I guess that was a couple. Was that a couple weeks ago? Now we were just looking at the numbers. I don't even know if that's possible that we're the number one that hated on GameStop. That's very true. <laughs> uh, but Dave, Dave's article about GameStop did did very well on the yeah. site. Um, but there are tons of different articles there, whether it's editorials, um, tons of reviews. Uh, it's probably our, our bread and butter. Yeah, would you say is reviews? I would say so. But speaking of reviews, before we get too far in the show, it's really important. To us and to everyone else out there who's like, hmm, should I listen to this podcast? For you to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. That's super important. There's, of course, um, links all over the place. HandsomePhantom.com slash podcast will get you there. Uh, If you listen on a different app, that's fine. We want you to stay listening there. But just go ahead over to iTunes. Make us a little uh, review. It's the easiest thing in the world to do. Send Tim Cook an an email. Let him know. He needs to fix the new and noteworthy on iTunes. Someone is asleep at the wheel at Apple. Agreed. Because the new and noteworthy has not changed for literally years in yeah. the gaming section. That's right. It's, and we've been on top of the charts before with different shows. Yeah. Nothing. Uh, like Easy Allies podcast is in the new and noteworthy. Like Frame Trap is. It's noteworthy. It's I guess. noteworthy, I guess, but it's been noteworthy for the last three years now, I yeah. guess. So, I, I mean, that's fine. I, I enjoy that podcast, but. Give me a break. Ben. Yeah. What did you dream of this week? This week, it's been really cold here, Dustin. Oh, real, yeah. real cold outside. And this week, we're getting a little bit of a taste of an early spring. Mm. It's in the, in the 60s yesterday. Yeah. It's in the 50s and 40s today. It had previously last week been negative 10 and below. I know, I know a lot of you out there are like, oh, that's nothing. When I was six months ago when I lived in Michigan, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, what I'm saying is... I'm dreaming of that springtime Oh yeah, to come and stay here for good. Honestly, I don't care if you're in negative 30 or if you're in 30 degrees. Everyone should dream of a beautiful spring. That's right. So I have this rule. I've probably mentioned it on this show, even though we've not been doing it for five weeks. Not this show specifically, one of our other shows. Okay. I intentionally will not complain when it is hot outside, when I'm sweating, when my clothes are sticking to me. Mm. It's just a mess to walk around outside. So that I can save up all my complaining power for the winter. That's right. Because go away, winter. You got to use you. it effectively. That's right. So, You've only got so much complaining power that people are going to listen to. That's right. That's right. For me, Ben, I'm today I had a very specific dream. Okay. I went back and I watched both of the Final Fantasy VII remake trailers. Wow. That we got. I was just thinking about it deeply. It's a really interesting how that trailer uh there's some interesting stories behind it that like tetsuya nomura did not know he was directing that game uh-huh. until he saw the trailer <laughs> right. at e3 right and then was like oh oh i guess that's me i guess i'm doing that yeah so you have cyber connect working on it and then we saw the first reveal of gameplay at psx uh-huh. my first psx i was there 2016 2016 i think yeah that's right 2016 we saw that gameplay reveal it was looking very uh, Kingdom Hearts esque. Maybe yours was 2015. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I can't remember yeah. either. Either way, it was very Kingdom Hearts esque. 
very cool looking. But now Cyber Cyber Connect is out and who knows what's going on. Kingdom Hearts though is out, so surely it's full steam ahead. You would hope. Game. You would hope. You would hope, but So anyway, you, you your dream was I'm dreaming about it and I am thinking when uh, Final Fantasy VII comes out on Switch, I'm going to buy it. Yeah. Because I was reading about how there's, like, basically cheat codes built into the game to, Uh like, speed things up, turn off random encounters, things like that. It's very appealing to me to be able to just play through, enjoy the story, enjoy the vibes, the world. That's what I want. Nice. So that's what I'm dreaming of. You mean when it comes, not the remastered, but when it comes out, like, the port. The the port to Switch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about that. They Nintendo had an ad that said it was coming soon. So probably in the next couple weeks here, we can hope. That'd be good. Then finally, we can start out this news uh-huh. with something good. Well, potentially good. We don't really know yet. It's definitely at least interesting and not bad news like previous weeks. And that is Respawn Entertainment. There were little rumblings over the weekend. This first, I think, popped up either Saturday or Sunday. Uh-huh. It's like, hey, Respawn is releasing a new Battle Royale game on Monday. Yeah, I think it, it was late in the week last week, but it was yeah. like more confirmed over the weekend for sure. It was interesting how it was like, there's this, they're working on this game and it's coming out Monday. Yeah. Just very odd to even hear it's almost unbelievable when you first read the rumors but sure enough it's not like a not like a mobile game just shadow dropped or something no yeah that happens all the time oh yeah exactly so sure enough on monday which this was kind of confirmed late sunday night by um i think it's vince sampella who's the the man in charge there was saying yes uh we're coming out with a game and our full reveal will be on monday right so we got apex legends and this is set in the titanfall universe but it is obviously not a titanfall game because there are no titans so such a weird choice it is it is a weird choice and so it's out now it was out as of last night yesterday and it's a battle royale game that has hero Mm shooter-esque elements yep but it is a very interesting move the whole release and that's kind of i want to focus a little bit on the game since you've got a chance to definitely dive more in than me but what do you think about this move here this shadow drop i think it's it's bizarre okay first of all i think it's brilliant because it's what's one it's a shadow drop people don't have any anticipation for it they don't know what they're waiting on they just there's a game let's play it and see if it's any good i think it's kind of uh, scary because you would imagine that to some extent people were looking for uh, a new Titanfall game and they didn't get that. And as far as we know, they're not working on a new Titanfall game right now. This is the focus. Uh, It seems like they're going to have a lot of, um, uh, a lot of post-release content. They're going to continue to evolve the game and everything, uh, which is great. We've seen that that is necessary with many games, but especially in the Battle Royale genre with Fortnite, you have to have some kind of continual movement and updates to keep it relevant. Um, All in all, I mean, I think it's cool because 
it is battle royale. It's the it's the genre you know, the genre you love or hate, one or the other. But there's so many things about it that are different from other battle royale games. Yeah, and that's important. So, I want to read this quote here from a Eurogamer article, which they did with. Um, they say last name McCoy. I, I'll get the first name in a second. Anyway, the quote is, we're doing a free-to-play game with essentially loot boxes after we were bought by EA, and it's not Titanfall 3. It's the perfect recipe for a marketing plan go, go uh, how do you say, Ari, A-W-R-Y? Awry. Awry. I'm an idiot, Ben. You it's, know this already about it's me. It's true. It really is. Uh, so why have that? Let's just ship the game and let players play. Yeah. I think this is genius, Ben. I don't I don't see it as being bad. He's completely right. Yeah. People right now, the EA hate is always strong, it feels like. Especially now, thinking about the landscape over the past couple of years. You think about how they canceled those Star Wars games. Think about Mass Effect Andromeda and sort of, especially recently, the Anthem, the demo, the way the demo went down, right? And so... He's right. Yeah. Having all of those elements combined spelled nothing but disaster for promoting this game <laughs> in advance. Right. So I think doing the shadow drop is actually brilliant. There are games that I have steered clear of because of the the marketing and the, the PR releases and everything ahead of time uh, talking about it and people get down on whatever aspect of it there is. Uh, especially if there's loot boxes. People are like, this game is going to be bad because it's going to have loot boxes. Well, guess what? I played Apex Legends. There's loot boxes. Well, not yet. You can't buy them yet, but uh, I've played it. I can't see a way it would be bad, really. So Unless you just don't like the gameplay at all. Also in this interview with uh, it's the lead producer, Drew McCoy, who Eurogamer was talking to. Uh, basically, in it, he says, hey... Uh, a lot of people thought we were making Titanfall 3, and we're not. This is what we're making. Right. Uh, so we're not working on Titanfall 3. This is it. EA didn't tell us to make this game. Right. We made. We wanted to make this game, and here it is. So it's odd to see that producer speaking so candidly about his publisher. Right. Because he's kind of, I don't want to say he's throwing him under the bus, but he's definitely – implying some things he's he's not afraid to stating the obvious though yeah he's not afraid to state you know comment basically indirectly about the current state of people's feelings about ea sure and you have to wonder if there's some remorse that they feel from getting bought by ea because they did titanfall one and they probably they needed that money desperately so not only was it published by ea but it was an xbox one exclusive so I'm sure that was how that game got paid for. And then Titanfall 2, which was, I don't know what the timeline was of when they got bought by EA and when Titanfall 2 was released. Uh-huh. They they stuck the release between Battlefield 1 and Call of Duty. And to me, that just says we're sending this game out to die. Yeah, it's going at the pasture. Sorry. So it's very interesting to see this candid, candid response from him but i wonder if we'll see the only thing i wonder about it being candid is is this the game they were originally going to make were they going to make titanfall 3 and they had to pivot at some point according to jason schreier he once reported that they were working on titanfall 3 Uh regardless of what happened with titanfall 2 right and so 
now Jason says, well, I can definitely confirm that they were working on Titanfall 3 at one point. Okay. And it now appears that this is that game, that game what it turned into. Right. So, yeah, I I don't know. I almost feel slightly sad that they're not working on a Titanfall 3. I guess the, the cards are still on the table of maybe they will do something like that. Mm-hmm. But there's something that for me, when I the little bit I played of Apex Legends, I want I missed that like hopping around the quick, speedy combat of it. Uh, I think you get that with certain characters. With the robot. Do you know what I'm talking right. about? Right. Yeah, you don't get that with the robot. The robot, you have like a uh, a grappling hook, though. Right. Which is, I think, awesome. Yes, it is. And you can set up grappling points and everything else, too. So what do you think, Ben, since you've put some time in, what is going to make Apex Legends stand out from the rest of the 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 competitors in the genre? I think the the – well, I say realism. It's not realistic at all, but it's more realistic than something like Fortnite. Yeah. Okay, we we have to keep mentioning Fortnite. It's the biggest game out there right now. Yeah. So it's it's more realistic in the sense of the aesthetic, um, the the weapons, the the damage, etc. Uh, so that's important. Um, I think just the fact that they've done so many things differently, they've probably had some time to sit back and look at so many other battle royale games and say, okay, this is bad about that game. Okay, I'm going to use specific examples. Like a lot of people don't like that when you're with a squad in. Fortnite or in Black Ops or whatever, that if you're with a squad and you're dropping out of the helicopter or the plane or bus or whatever it is, that you can go wherever you want. This game, it gives you a reason to stay together. You're with a group of three all the time. You can't play solos, um, at least not yet, and you're dropping together. They, they took that. They looked at that. They modified it a little bit. This is their fix for it. They took the idea of loot and how loot drops in other games. And now there's like a big chest that you open up and you can look at the loot. They took a, they took a different idea to one, you can get down, but then you can also um, revive a player way after they're, they're down and dead by taking their flag essentially back to a, another place. So like none of those things individually, just it being different a little bit, is going to make it the best game. But I think having so many things that are different and giving people a reason to play this game as opposed to another game that for reasons they don't like is going to help it in the long run. And I think one of the biggest aspects is the hero aspect of it. So when you start a match, there's what seven heroes right now. Not very many. I want to say there's like six or seven with a couple more to be unlocked. So you pick a character out of those, you know, set amount. Yeah. And it's almost like you roll a dice and you can pick one of a character for your squad. Yeah. And so there's a there's like an Overwatch element to it where you're trying to you need to create a team comp that is going to get you the furthest. That's going to be the most effective. Right. And I think that's kind of what is piquing my interest the most. Did you play Realm Royale at all? A little bit. Is this like that at all? Mm, I don't think so. I mean, it is. It's a very broad, thousand foot view. It's it's similar, but once you're actually playing it, it's not similar. Interesting. Do you know how many players are in a round of Apex? Sixty. Sixty. Yeah. So it's the least amount. There's of... thirty teams essentially. Thirty teams. Okay. No, I'm sorry. There's twenty teams. Twenty teams. Because there's three on each team. Man, there's so many. There's so many players now in this space. 
And it's interesting, too, for EA to do this before originally their Battle Royale was going to be Battlefield uh, 5. Right. And that's still coming, Ugh, right? Yeah, like, maybe. I, I assume they have to do it now that they've, they've probably dumped plenty of money into it, but that player base is almost gone already. Yeah. So it's interesting that we have Fortnite, PUBG, what's left of it. Uh, I just read something today, and I don't remember the exact stat, so I don't want to give it. But something like PUBG Mobile is one of the the biggest mobile games in the world. I believe it, and also one of the like if you actually look at stats, it's one of the biggest games. Period. Yeah, I hundred percent believe that, and it's probably mostly Asian markets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely Asian. That's market. uh, yeah. that's really boosted though. Not that there's are no not any players here playing that, but right. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting, and too, I'm curious about what, like, where the actual rankings of players are. Like, Call of Duty could release a Call of Duty dating sim- simulator, and it's going to be sure huge. It has that <laughs> name attached to it. So, but as far as like, how crowded can it get? Yeah, honestly, I feel like even if Apex is really good, is it going to matter? Is it? Is it going to? Is the is the market too crowded for it? I don't know. I think it all depends on um, it depends on that that rollout after the initial launch. I think there's something too with not announcing a game's coming out and just shadow dropping it that adds to the intrigue oh, that people yeah. want to try it. But then I also think of other games that have done that in the past and not battle royale games that were like flops completely. Yeah. And they would have been they're really good games, but because they had no marketing drive behind them, they flop. Yeah, it's like so you have Fortnite players who are for by and large younger kids that are playing it because it's cartoony and it's free and that's what their friends play. Right. It's the, it's the market leader. So is apex con is the apex construct. That's a VR game. (laughs) Apex legends. Is it going to pull people from Fortnite? Is it going to pull people from uh, call of duty? I feel like call of duty is the most likely that it's it's going to pull from. It's the most similar for sure. (laughs) Um, For me, I mean, it's not going to, I don't think it's going to be one of those games that really gets its hooks into me because right now I'm very story oriented for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a long, I mean, you know, I, we played Fortnite almost exclusively for months, yeah. it seemed like. So certainly by no means am I, am I against Battle Royale games or non-story related games. But for me, it doesn't seem like it's going to pull me super hard. But if it, it, it would certainly, I'd rather play it than Fortnite right now. Yeah. Um, by the way, I looked at, I think I told you this, in, but not on, on mic. Um, I looked at Fortnite the other day, like somebody was streaming it, and I just turned it on, and I was like, what is happening? What the hell is going yeah, on Yeah, there was nothing that I recognized except for the actual characters, and, and some of the skins were, you know, I mean, the skins change every week. but I saw a gif of a new item or a new weapon that's in it today that's like, it's like a bottle rocket where you basically shoot like rockets out, and it's they land, and so you're supposed to like target a building that someone's in and just blast it that's kind of cool that seemed kind of interesting but it's sure. so far away from the fortnight that we knew two oh. months ago let alone a year ago yeah exactly so it's uh it's definitely come to fruition everything that everyone was saying last year that the market would be flooded with battle royales and here we are and it's not over yet and it is not yeah you're right there's still w- at least one more coming yeah. who knows what other players are going to enter in so I don't know. I don't know if these games are speaking to me anymore, Ben. Uh, yeah, they're they're a fun time, 
I would much rather play with friends, though. It's a, it's a friend experience more than it is just a, a game experience for me. To be honest, I feel like I'm moving away from lifestyle games. Yeah. Because for the most part right now, with there being so much that I want to play, I want a, an ending, like a finite, I'm going to put this time into this game. When I'm done, I'm done. Yeah, I mean, I'm similar to that in the sense that I don't really like to go back to games after I beat the story. Yeah. Um, Red Dead, I thought, man, after I'm done with this story, I'm going to have so much more to do. I'm going to want to play online, etc. And I think I put maybe five more hours into it. Spider-Man, I thought, I could swing around this city forever. And don't get me wrong, I could, and I'm probably still going to get the DLC. But once I beat it, done. But there's also something, Dustin, that you and I have in common that many people listening probably don't. And We're that's old. that. Well, not that we're old. <laughs> you're, you're not, yeah. No, I'm, um, not, I'm not really old. Yeah. I'm uh, not a fresh pup, though, anymore. N- no, that's true. The thing that we have is that because we have a video game website and we write about video games and we go to trade shows, yeah. we have to keep playing new things. Yeah. So for us, it's a little harder, but. Well, it's not, I don't feel like it's a necessity. I can't, I want to play everything. Yeah. Like I think about games for every system sure. release. I think about the best on those. Like I was just talking about wanting to play Final Fantasy 7. Right. The game's old as hell now. Right. But because of how renowned it is, I want to play it. You've never played it at all? I've played like disc one. Okay. But I haven't played all of it. Yeah. So, and then I want to play Chrono Trigger. I want to play Final Fantasy 6. I want to play. Where do you find the time, man? Where do you find the time? I've been fitting in bits and pieces of Yoshi's Island and it rules. Nice. Okay, let's move on. Then I'm going to have you read a large chunk of this because you're a better reader. You want to read this? Come on. I want to read at least part of it. Okay. Because I find it extremely interesting. Did you just say you were illiterate? Uh, I said I'm not good at reading out loud. <laughs> I meant I'm not good at reading out loud. So, Sony filed a new patent, which could be interesting, could not. Nintendo files patents like it's nobody's business. Yeah. Sometimes they come true. Sometimes they lie dormant for years and years. Like your dreams. That's right. And sometimes nothing happens at all. So Sony has a patent that is for backwards compatibility. And so a Spanish website called uh, Hobby Consolas uh, made this article, which Reddit user uh, Booksy? Bosky. Bosky. Yep. uh, Wrote. And I I wanted you to read just a little bit here. Whenever... As long as you feel led. Okay. Sony Japan has just registered a new patent that allows the retro compatibility of the hardware with previous consoles. It is a system to be applied in a future machine, PlayStation 5, and that allows the CPU of the new console to be able to interpret the central unit of the previous machines. The author of development was Mark Cerny, the architect who designed who designed the PS4 structure and the patent, which has been filed, yada, yada. It all briefly explains it okay the aim is to make the applications designed for the previous consoles run perfectly on the most powerful hardware and is focused on eliminating the synchronization errors between the new consoles and the behavior of the previous ones such as playstation 4 3 2 and 1 for example if the cpu of the new console is faster than the previous one data could potentially be overwritten prematurely even if they were still being used by another component basically Um, I'm going to paraphrase this. The PS5 should be able to imitate the behavior of the previous consoles so the information arrives in return, sorry, arrives at the different processors 
in return, in response to the calls of the games. Uh, essentially, this technology would allow a system with a much faster processor to run old games. Yeah. Read a little bit of this last one here, because I find this particularly interesting. Uh, yesterday, no, that's the wrong. Which in one? In this blog. Okay, in this blog, you can see, and then there's a link there that we're not, we're not going to ask you to click on in audio form. You can see the most detailed information of the patents with the diagrams in Japanese. Yesterday, we explained the SRGAN process that allows you to perform remastering by emulation, another of the elements that Sony has patented, and converts images in SD resolution in 4K using artificial intelligence. Whoa. So, backwards compatibility. Yep. It sounds like it's coming. Uh, another interesting note is that John Lenneman from Eurogamer, in response to a tweet, he said that someone asked him if he thought the PlayStation 5 would have backwards compatibility. He said, without a doubt, no question. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. We, we should have, I mean, we assumed backwards compatibility was coming. We didn't know for sure. We still don't know for sure. Yeah. We just know there's a patent. But what this tells us is more about how they're going to accomplish it. True. Yeah. So here's the thing. What From what my understanding about emulation, we have Xbox, who now you can emulate Xbox, the OG, yep. Xbox 360, and you, of course, can play Xbox One games all across the board. Right. And so people are like, Upset with Sony that there is no PlayStation 3 backwards compatibility on PS4. Uh-huh. To my understanding, this is a very, very different task. Like, yeah. insanely difficult task. Because PlayStation 3 is still of a different time that involved much more custom hardware. Yeah. So you have to figure out how to custom, not just emulate a chip or a or a system but chips that work with each other right sure uh specifically the cell processor which was i've already we've already heard is a bitch to figure out in the first place which is why it took so many years for playstation 3 games to live up to their full potential right so mark cerny would figure it out though oh of course uh Mark Cerny, lead architect of the PS4, has roots all the way back to coding Marble Madness when he was a teenager, I believe. <laughs> I sat, Ben, you and I sat behind him uh-huh. at E3 last year during Sony's conference. I felt the presence. Yeah, you yeah. could feel, I feel like I got small, smarter by sitting near him. Wow. So I now, you know, can read documents slightly better because of just sitting near him. That's impressive. Yeah. Still not good enough to read this one, but. Exactly. No, no, no. I need a couple more E3s before, uh, <laughs> before I'll be able to handle that. Conversations. So, Ben, what do you think about this? Just because for a long time, this wasn't something that seemed very important to Sony. You had limited PS2 backwards compatibility on PS3. Uh-huh. No backwards compatibility on PS4. You had a limited release of PS2 games on PS4, but that's it. No PS1 games. Right. When clearly the PS3 could emulate PS1 games. So there's no, it makes no sense why the PS1 wouldn't be able to. Why don't, didn't we have some, didn't we have some questions? That's the in one tweet. The in one tweet. No, no, no. The writing. Wait, where is that question? Oh, it was the in one tweet. I'm getting confused. Our papers are mixed up. No, I think you just didn't, didn't modify it. I didn't modify it. 
Do you want to do you want to do that in one tweet right now? Well, I think so. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Okay, so I did ask the question this week for in one tweet that was related to this specific question about backwards compatibility. The tweet said, Sony recently filed a patent that appears to be for backwards compatibility for future consoles. In one tweet, tell us what you think about backwards compatibility and whether or not it's important going forward. So Geekheart Games says, I really want backwards compatibility. I have a lot of games I'd like to go back and revisit, but I hate dragging out an old console. I would still like to play House of the Dead, Dead Overkill if it were on my PS4. And I might finally get rid of my old consoles. Uh, Mike Lopez says, I think it's a great gesture and good marketing, though I have my doubts about how often people actually use it. But maybe that's just me, considering I don't even get back to remastered games I've bought. That's that's my thought right there, because yeah. I love the idea. I'll tell you what, when they announced backwards compatibility for the Xbox One, and I had an Xbox 360 copy of Undead Nightmare. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, for, it was all of Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> I thought, man, I'm going to play this so much. I think I got 90 minutes in. Never touched it again. I've used backwards compatibility to play a chunk of Symphony of the Night uh-huh. on 360. Yeah. And Catherine. Okay. And that's it. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Xbox One X backwards compatibility with the upscale yeah. is incredible. It's like magic. I don't know how they did it. Seeing Red Dead Redemption one on in 4K, it it really is what we you know what they mentioned like this this upscaling right this, but, uh, this 4K remaster through emulation. But for me, the reason I didn't continue playing games on the Xbox One backwards compatibility isn't because I didn't think they looked good enough or whatever. I'm True. fine. I'm fine with them. Sure. It's because there's so much else out there that I want to play. And if I really want to play an old game, it's most likely going to be a really old game, like you know Nintendo, Super NES, whatever. Not going to be something from eight years ago. I want to read a couple more of these yeah. responses before we dig in a little more. Uh, Dave Lambden writes in and says, "Was initially excited, but the more I think about it, the less of a selling point it becomes for me. I barely have enough time to play all the current gen releases. Don't see myself giving past gen much uh, stuff much priority." Phil responded and said he agreed with him, but I'm not re- – Phil, you got to be here if you want to comment. That's right. Okay? So, screw the jury duty. Go to jail for it. <laughs> Kevin Lucas says, I don't know how I feel about it as I wasn't a PS3 owner. At this point, I'd rather pay for unpressed ports, but having the option is nice. Matt Riggs, who is, appears later in the show, said, I think most people like the idea of backwards compatibility more than they actually use it. I do think it's important to be able to play older games on the latest hardware for the sake of video game history and preservation. Finally, Boo Stewart writes in. She says, if it means we can focus on new experiences slash IP and maybe the remasters with the PS4, I'm all for it. I think we've passed a threshold where not uh, where I'm not going to demand that my PS4 games look and play like PS5 ones, even having not laid eyes on what a PS5 game would be. Mm-hmm. I think for me, where backwards compatibility is important is now at the point where I want my PS5 to play PS4. Sure. Because I'm thinking, and I feel like this is a, not a problem, but something that's important within the first couple years yeah. of the console. It, and that's is the way it's always been. I'm just thinking when I have my PS5, even a year into my PS5, I'm going to think, I want to play some Tetris Effect. Sure. That's a game I'm always going to want to play. Right. So 
Well, for I, I agree completely because what happens is you get these games at the end of the end of the cycle, and like right now, let's say the PlayStation Five comes out next month. It's not going to, just so everybody knows. But yeah. let's say it does. How many games right now are there on the PS4 that you have not gotten to play at all or complete that you would like to do so? Yeah, a dozen. More it, than that, probably more than yeah. that, and. The beautiful part of when a new console comes out is that the games for the old console dive in price. Yes. So what that does is gives you the ability to play these new games on a new console, these system sellers that are going to come out right away, and then in the downtime in between, pick up a game for 10 bucks, play it. I wonder what that what kind of effect that would have on older games. I bet you they would retain way more value. I would imagine so. Yeah, it I would, would still think so. be cheap. Well, but... I know that when they announced like backwards compatibility for some of the Xbox original original Xbox games, I was like, oh, I should check that out because I never played that game or whatever. And then I went to look for it and they had like jumped way up in price. Like by way up in price, I mean like they were $20 instead of the $4 they'd been on eBay before. Yeah. So no, I'm just, I just don't, I don't want to play it $20 bad. Yeah. So... I think, though, a lot of people are right that it is mostly a selling point. Yeah. Above all, when you think about PS1, PS2, PS3. Yeah. But I'm me, more interested in consoles playing the previous generation than I am in them playing every other generation. True. To me, though, it's such it is a novelty feature. And I'm not saying that I'm going to spend hours and hours, but I have a copy of Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Oh, yeah. Dude, every couple of years, I want to pop that in. Yeah. And just that that little convenience, I could pop it in, and it's going to look improved on my 4K TV. That sounds awesome to me. But it, sure. But not to everybody, though. You know, like, I don't know if I'm going to sit down and I'm going to play uh, Legend of Dragoon on <laughs> PS1 or something <laughs> like that yeah. on, my, on my PlayStation 5. But these the smaller titles that you just dive in, play a little bit, I think that sounds great. And I feel like Sony is really only doing this because they have to. I think they. Ha- what do you think about that? To. I wanted to ask they you about definitely that. Definitely have to. Yeah. Like Xbox, really. Their, again, Xbox isn't going to go backwards. That's for sure. Oh I mean, yeah. They will literally go backwards, but they're not going to go back on the decisions they've made in the past consoles. Well, that's the thing. Xbox doesn't even really care about. I mean, Xbox is a platform now that is beyond Xbox. It is Xbox. It is. PC and it sounds like it's soon to be switch yeah because they're working on Xbox Live for some in some form I have no switch. clue I have no clue what that could you have to yeah. assume it's their cloud streaming stuff probably that they want to be able to put on there right that'd be it's a very interesting world uh we're living in now with uh <laughs> the the sync the amount that these companies are willing to work with each other and how much they uh directly influenced i guess that's the way it's always been yeah it is okay next one uh we possibly have a new switch coming this comes from uh nikki.com is that right ben ben you're gonna gonna jump in there no idea no idea so they basically said that they're uh the rumor is there's going to be a new miniaturized switch uh that's going to emphasize portability playing outside and it's going to cut features in order to bring the retail price down. Ben, this is not what we want. I don't need this. Nobody needs. Well, nobody no, not needs. nobody needs this. 
This makes sense, though, for Nintendo. It does make sense, and it especially makes sense in the Asian market, I think, because many more people are using public transit on a daily basis than they are in the United States and most European countries. Uh, So it definitely makes way more sense over there. But uh, I just, I don't want a potentially, it doesn't say this, but potentially less powerful Switch. Yeah. Uh, I very rarely put my Switch into the dock. I almost always play it in handheld. But I like the option for when some friends are over, when I want to play Pokemon with the kids. I want to be able to to pop it into the uh, to the dock and play it on the TV. So, yeah, it's a little concerning. I mean, surely this Switch will live a- alongside the current Switch. You would have to think if, so. If it does come, and, you know, if this is real. I wonder what kind of things they could cut. Obviously, the first thing I think to go is the dock. Yeah. Um, out the door. They'll need it. But Although that can't be very pricey. I mean, no. the, the capabilities that come with it. Yeah, oh, probably it's a hunk of plastic yeah. with wires in it to hook things up right. So I'm just trying to think what other things they could do to make the price go down. No more detachable Joy-Cons? That's, see, and that's the thing that's been brought up before. I just don't know if I see them doing that. So much of the Switch's like integrated feature set yeah. involves those detachable controllers. Right. And I really can't see you going lower resolution on the screen. Nope. So, but I don't know. Are there, you know, it upreses when you put it on the dock, right? It's a higher resolution. Yeah. So maybe they just take out that functionality. I don't know what's in, what kind of components are involved with that. Maybe it's a thing where it'll still have multiplayer, but it's only when it's docked, which you have to buy separately. Like you can't remove the controllers and they're always on there. Sure. So you can't, if you do multiplayer on the go, you aren't. You have to have separate little Joy Cons that you bring with you. Is that? I think that might work. I don't know. Either way, it's all part of Nintendo's strategy, and that they they have said they want more than one Switch in every house. Yeah. They want one Switch per person. Right. So this is this is kind of a way that they can sneak it in for maybe, um, you know, a, a household that has two kids, maybe. They each get this cheaper switch instead of each getting a big boy switch, right? Right. So, I don't know. To me, I feel like it makes sense. It's just not for me. Sure. But. It definitely appeals to a part of their market. That's not us. Yeah, that's not us. Um, I'm going to skip this last news item because it's not that interesting. Okay, let's keep going. It's time to give away some codes. That's right. I said I said plural. We're going to give away more than one. Here is one for below on Steam. H J B E Y W A V 2 8 X Y W V D. That's the first one again. That's below on the Xbox. I just got to Okay, here we go. Here is a Super Meat Boy on Steam. Haven't had a Super Meat Boy code in a while, have we? Not yet. I think one on Epic Game Store, maybe we did. You're right, on Epic, yeah. Uh, Super Meat Boy PS4, L-C-L-Q-8-Q-N-R-P-8-M-R. And that's it for today. Well, not for today. 
Or is it for today? Whoa, who knows? For right now, at least. Ben, it's time for the February preview. I wish Phil was here for this because he probably would care about more of these games, some of these games that we do. But it's an interesting. It's not my fault. Phil's wrong. Phil, enough. Just I hear him in his car laughing, whatever, whatever he does in his car. I don't know. Phil, Phil wears glasses when he drives. Phil's you know doing that, that thing him? where he like chews on gum. and goes, was that right? Huh? <laughs> like, like Bugs Bunny. Uh, I can see it. I can. Yeah. I can see that right now. Like a very sophisticated Bugs Bunny with glasses, mm, with, gla- with driving glasses. Yeah. Of course, we love you, Phil. <laughs> I don't have any problem with the driving glasses. It's just interesting. I've never seen him wear glasses other than driving. Well, I, I'm glad he wears glasses when he drives. If he needs them, just get a prescription windshield. You know. <laughs> oh man, that would mess you up if you were in the passenger seat and didn't oh, need yeah. that prescription. You'd want to die. Yeah. Okay, so February preview. Let's start out with some games that are already out. That we uh, are currently reviewing. Number one, Ace Combat 7 Skies Unknown came out February 1st. And it seems the general consensus is that people like this game. Yeah. Uh, I haven't checked it out yet. I have it downloaded on my computer. Uh-huh. But this is such, it's interesting. It's a long-running franchise that uh, I don't really seem to know very much about at all. Have you ever played Ace, Com- Ace Combat? I've never played Ace Combat. This is one... On PSVR, it has a VR mode, too? It does, but it doesn't on PC. That's really interesting. Yeah, which is frustrating. I'm sure it's harder. Something's harder in there. I think it was money, if you ask me. Well, yeah. It was Sony money Yeah, that was saying, hey, that's what made it harder. Yeah, (laughs) we we got to get this on more platforms. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I used to be super in the Flight Sims. Mm. Um, I don't know how much Ace Combat is like a Flight Sim. Microsoft Flight Simulator? No, never played that one. I'm very curious. Brandon, we need Brandon. Okay, we need Brandon's dad on this podcast. Sorry, Brandon. We need you too, but we need your dad because he told me once his dad played Microsoft Flight Simulator and it was like a lot of like he'd take off and then have it set up and they would just do nothing for six hours. What? <laughs> you do like he's like, yeah, I'm doing a, a continental flight to, to Europe or something. That doesn't sound like fun at all. But it's very realistic, man. I suppose. That's why people play Farming Simulator. Okay, that game is another one that I, I don't know how it has game? made as much money as it has, but it makes money every year. I think it's the Germans. It's 18 of them, man. 18. Wow. The Germans? You think the Germans are? I've the heard f- that the market is either Germany or like some kind of country over there like that. You know some kind of country. Some kind of country. <laughs> I don't know. One of them okay. there are some kind of countries. Also on February 1st was Wargroove, which is a game I really want to check out. Uh, it's the it's very much like Advance Wars, a tactical RPG game with lots of cute puppers in it. Yeah, uh, this one's out on Switch. I think it's twenty bucks. So if that floats your boat, check it out. I think I will probably. I'm definitely gonna get it for packs. Probably play that on the plane plane ride. Even though I got plenty of Switch games, I haven't There's finished. So many games. You know, yesterday I think I told you this yesterday or the day before. I was like, hmm, I've got all these games I should play right now. Why not download another one? So yeah, I, why not? I, I went ahead and bought Stardew Valley because I've not played it, and everybody says I need to play it. So, it's so good, dude. I need, we need to talk. Remind me, we need to talk about Stardew Valley later. Okay, I don't Sounds know what good. I'm doing. Uh, God Eater Three is on February eighth, and I this is a black hole for me, Ben. Don't even know anything about it. I mean, I know what it looks like. That's right. Okay, yeah. well, let's just skip over this. Crackdown Three. Excuse me. February fifth. I think it's going to get delayed. 
Really? Yeah. Man, it's a, it's a little late for that now, Ben. It's 10 days. It's going to get the... I, I have so much anticipation for how bad it's going to be in a good way. Like, I want to play it. I'm excited to play it. I'm going to enjoy it unless it's completely broken. But I'm still like, hmm, is it really going to come out? How did this happen? How did this happen that this game, which was so highly anticipated, is now appearing? It's given out the bad vibes. It has, like, the Anthem vibes to it. I don't know if it has Anthem vibes in that sense. Like, I was worried about Anthem because everybody was kind of down on it. Crackdown, the people who have played it so far, they had a special event and everything, are like, yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Whereas Anthem was just like nobody was talking about it at all. Yeah. So you know what? I'm totally okay with a crackdown that's, yeah, it's fine because it's a crackdown. Yeah. Well, we'll see if Xbox, this is, you know, we're in the end game that's now right. of this generation. And it's, we're, uh, excuse me. That's right. Yeah. We're in the end game. Okay. And so, uh, it's kind of an interesting way to kind of start to cap out what Microsoft has left. I'm really interested to see how this cloud-based destruction and everything goes, too. Yeah, that will be interesting for sure. Also on February 15th, Metro Exodus. Uh, I've never played a Metro game other than the demo I did at E3. I feel a lot of the games this month... Wait, excuse me? You've never played a Metro game at all? Never played a Metro game. Uh, and that wasn't an excuse me like how dare you. It was an excuse me like I definitely thought you'd played Metro. Before. No, I definitely didn't. And I thought you played twenty. Remember at E three, I was like, "Well, I'm going to demo this game. I have no fucking clue about the series." I'm trying to remember why I don't remember much. Oh wait, was I in? Was I in Cyberpunk? Was that? Oh yeah, that couldn't have been it. You that, were previewing Cyberpunk, that, which that, everyone got to preview. Then you know, two months later, that so. that, po- that couldn't have possibly been the reason. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well. Yeah. So, yes, I was. Yeah, I previewed this game. Very beautiful game. Yeah. I was very lost while I was playing it, but I am intrigued. I need to check out uh, the older ones because they're so cheap on PS4. But again, when when am I going to play that? That's right. Too, right. Yeah, exactly. So would you believe if I told you we had two more games coming out on February 15th? I would believe it. That's the day, man. Far Cry New Dawn on February 15th. One of our editors, Kevin Lucas, is very, very excited about this. He is. Uh, I think Phil is also Phil is at too? least somewhat on board. Yeah. Okay. And Dave, right? Probably. So, what's interesting is this is a. It's not a full price game. Right. Forty dollars. You have to assume that this is sort of along the lines of Far Cry Primal. Yeah. And that it's a. Not uh, a remake's not the right right word. They're using the same assets, a lot of the same assets, but also making a new game while they're at it. Yeah. So interesting move. I feel like they could charge 60 bucks for this and people would buy it. Probably, but I think they know, one, what they have, that people will might be disappointed if they release it for too high of a price, and two, the competition they're up against. Maybe none of the games coming out this month, other than maybe Anthem, are the biggest games in the world, but they're all games that people live and die by. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. I, I played a little bit of Far Cry 5, and I did not really feel it at all. Had you played previous Far Cry games? I played a little bit of each, basically. Okay. Um, probably played most of, not most of, but I, the most I played was three, and then less of four. Did, did I ever tell you how I bought a code from somebody on the game trading Reddit for Far Cry 4? 
And then like two weeks later, it was revoked. Like it was a stolen code. Hmm. So I, I have not made that mistake since. That's a good thing. It's $30 out the window. Yeah. But whatever. Another game. The last game on February 15th is Jump Force, which I predict is going to be a bomb. In a good way or a bad way? Mm, well, actually, supposedly, from what my understanding, these anime games yeah. sell. No oh, yeah. No matter what, good or bad. Yep. Look at those Naruto games from CyberConnect. They sell really well. So Jump Force, I'm expecting to not have good reviews. Be critically underwhelming. Critically underwhelming. Dude, this art style in this game mm-hmm. is kind of gross to me. Have you, you Remember how it's like a more realistic human version of anime characters? Yeah. Like they've got real looking skin, but anime hair. And it's Is that because odd. they're from multiple different like genres of anime they had to kind of make them all into one no they said at the e3 thing that they were trying to make it feel like if anime was in our oh yeah i remember that now i rolled my eyes i think that the real the real push behind this game is the crossover element of it it's got my hero academia it's got uh dragon ball it's got one piece it has the dude from it has somebody from death note but Uh they're not like you can't play as them so that's a little odd as well. well. I think the main character, but not the demon. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. No, I think they're both together. Whatever. Anyway. So we'll see how that I one goes. I think that might be another part of why it's going to ma- actually do big numbers mm-hmm. is because people who are in the anime, yes, people who are into one specific one of those and not the others are still going to buy it for that character. Hell, I'll review it if we get it. It's Bandai Namco. I don't think we're getting it. You don't think so? No. Why not? They just haven't responded to me. Oh, okay. Maybe they, it's still early. Yeah, it is. Who knows? Anthem, February 22nd, which I'm guessing you can play this a week before that if you have the EA Butt Kissers Club on PC or whatever it's called. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah, you I think so. 15 bucks a month. It's not a bad deal, actually. How much of Anthem did you play in the, for the demo or the beta or whatever? I played it. Uh, for probably like 20 minutes on my PC, it did not run very well. And according to Digital Foundry, that's n- not an uncommon problem. Okay. Is that your specs, it doesn't match up right. quite to what you would think. And then I played a little bit of, the, even less of the PS4 version. And I was like, this doesn't feel very good either. Yeah. Um, very clunky, not clunky mechanics, but just the frame rates were very poor. The frame, frame rates are bad for sure. Um, the other thing that was, I'm wondering if it was just like an overwhelming amount of people on their servers, but like certain animations happening would slow down significantly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Dude, I've got no hype for this game. I, 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 no. I had more hype before I played it. I've, I put a, probably an hour and a half to two hours into the, the demo, the beta. Just not interested. Yeah. I mean, it's pro- I'm not going to bash the game. It's probably going to be a fine game. It's just this genre of game isn't particularly appealing to me. I said this in our Slack chat, and I will say it again and stand by it. Playing Anthem made me either want to play Warframe yeah. or go back and play Destiny 2 on PC mm-hmm. and play Forsaken, which I haven't done yet, and I heard it's spectacular. Yeah. So so one thing about the Anthem demo, and maybe it was just because it was a, a slice of the game and not the full game, I felt lost the entire time. I didn't know what I was actually supposed to be doing. And that's probably my fault, but yeah. That's how Interesting. I felt. 
Last but not least, February 26th, it's Trials Rising. Trials is always crazy because you see all the crazy things people make with it. Yeah. It's the dreams of uh, motocross <laughs> games. It's the dreams of motocross games. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see the different stuff people make with this. Have you played? They did uh, the last Trials game on PS Plus. Uh, I did. I have played a previous Trials game. I don't know if it was the last one. I know it wasn't the last one, actually. Um, it's fine. I just don't need to do it. Yeah, that's not my, not my thing. It's like if I have nothing. If I want to play for like ten minutes and I have nothing else to play, maybe I'll boot up Trials again. It's a game that I would play and have a lot of fun with a group of friends, but not by myself. Probably fair enough. So that's it for the February preview. We'll do a roundup, see what we actually played this month at the end of the month. And we already did in one tweet. So let's go ahead and do the writing question. This week's question comes from Matt Riggs, who is at Riggs Smash on Twitter. He says... Nintendo's decision to cancel Metroid Prime's four, Metroid Prime 4's development because they weren't happy with how the game was shaping up and allow Retro to start again from scratch was a bold and extremely rare move, not to mention expensive. Do you think this will set a precedent for other developers and publishers to be more transparent about development processes uh, when a project isn't meeting their standards or runs the risk of disappointing fans? Thanks and cheers from Newfoundland, Canada. Newfoundland. Newfoundland. Why do they write it all out then? Well, it actually is Newfoundland. Newfoundland. But nobody says it Newfoundland. 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 I don't like that. That's like people around here, when you say Instant Pot, they say Instapot. Yeah. It's not the Instapot, it's Instant Pot. That's probably an epidemic nationwide. Anyway, Canada, you're dumb. Matt, not you. Where you're from, I don't get it. Believe it or not, where I went to high school, the, the name of the town was actually Rural Valley, like as in... You know, rural, rural, like rural valley. Way back in, you know, kind of rural. Yeah. People there say it, rural valley. Rural valley. Ugh. It's not rural valley. No. That's not how you say it. No, no, no. It's not spelled that way. Don't say it that way. New Finland. How do you say? How do you say the word where like a little stream runs? Oh, creek. Yeah. But people around here say creek. If you say creek in my presence, I mock you publicly. I then I do love to say slippy around you though. Slippy's fine. It's a little slippy out here. It, but it isn't a word. No, it's not. But I know the meaning. Here, crick is just crick just makes you sound stupid. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Also, in our Slack chat, yeah, I often say yins. Right. That's a Pittsburgh local thing. And you say it ironically. I say it ironically. But here's the problem, Ben. I do things ironically so often that it actually becomes a normal part of my vernacular. Right. So now I just sound like an idiot. Well, yeah. All the time. Yeah. But. Yeah, it was funny. Dave, who who is one of our uh, editors from Canada, he lives in Toronto, only a mere like four hours away from us, had no clue that Yens was a, a real vernacular. A real slang. A real slang. It's not a real word. No, it's not a real word. What? Although if a word is, is used long enough and people understand its meaning, is it is it a word then? It's, I, I don't know, man. Yeah. Here's the thing. One last thing about Yens, and then we'll get to this question. What is Yens supposed to be? You got y'all. You which is you all what is you ins? <laughs> it doesn't make sense it doesn't it's not a thing i think pizza be man people I, us people here from pittsburgh yeah 
different breed. I'm not saying it's a good one or a bad one. It's I'm, just, I'm it's a, just different. I've lived in Pittsburgh for 21 years, 22 years. Mm-hmm. I'm not from Pittsburgh. You're, I don't feel like I'm from Pittsburgh either for yeah. the most part. But what's interesting, there's people in our town that I feel like are from Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. They sound like it. Yeah. We don't necessarily sound like it. I don't know. Do any of the listeners out there, do we say anything that sounds different? Pittsburghese? Let us know. know. I can't tell. Permanent's in that. Let's talk about Metroid Prime 4. All right. So Matt in this question said uh, it was a bold move to start from scratch and ex- an extremely rare move. Yes. I don't know if I completely agree with that. I think The it bold was or the rare? Rare. Yeah. I think that we s- there are reboots that happen all the time that we don't know about. Not that it's extremely common, but I wouldn't be surprised that some of your favorite games out there were scrapped and restarted. Well, and I think there are games that would have come out that you would have loved that were scrapped entirely, too, mm-hmm. that you never even heard of. Yeah. They can't really do that with Metroid <laughs> because it's a core, you know, core tenant. I am almost willing to bet money that Kingdom Hearts was scrapped. Kingdom Hearts 3 was scrapped and restarted at one point. That's possible. Final Fantasy 15, definitely. I mean, that was more public, scrapped and restarted. Right. But... I think the way that they went about it was bold for sure. And we talked about about this a little bit last week. So I want to answer specifically his questions here. Uh, do you think this sets a precedent for other developers, Ben? No. Why not? I don't think developers I – don't, I don't know. If, if you're covering something up or not necessarily like hiding it, but if you're not announcing something, it's probably for a reason. Mm. Um, there are very few – Okay, first of all, we've all seen message boards and YouTube comments. People are vile. Even with this, which was more well-received than I would have expected, there was still some vile stuff out there. Um, it's just a hard thing to tell anybody, hey, we've been failing at this. we got to start over. Yeah. I just don't see it. I'm not saying more publishers might not do that in the future, and we might not see that more often as leaks become more common and, and the, you know it's easier to find things out in the media, et cetera. But I don't think Nintendo is setting a precedent. They're, they're not going to encourage other people to do it by them doing it. It's Nintendo. You expect them to do weird things. So now that you mentioned, you said it's Nintendo. And I think that's where I fall on this one specifically is that people say there's a review bias for right. Nintendo. That may or may not be true. I'm leaning towards it's not quite as prevalent as people think. But... I Dustin, do. people still think reviewers get paid That's to, review, get, to give games good uh, scores. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that there is, though, a thing that nin- only Nintendo can do this and not sound incompetent. Right. Any other developer comes out and says, yeah, we spent a shit ton of money and now we got to scrap it all. Right. It sounds bad. Like... If we let's say handsome, let's take this on a lower level, handsome phantom. Uh-huh. Let's say we uh, were working up to build an entire new site and all this new stuff, and then we were just like, "Hey, uh, we really screwed up. We got to scrap all of it. So uh, we're gonna do it all again." People would kind of be like, "Well, why, why didn't they do it right the first time?" Right? You know what I mean? Like, but we're not. It's like Nintendo is has this this golden boy aspect to them, right? Sure. What do you think of that? I think it's the repertoire, the reputation. Yes. That gets them a pass on this. Also, people love Metroid, so they don't want to see it be bad. 
and I feel like it's the type of audience too, right? With with Nintendo, you have a you have a hardcore audience that's hardcore to these more playful games. Yeah. I think if Blizzard came out and said, oh, "Hey, man. uh we've been working on Diablo 4 and it's not shaping up. We got to restart." Yeah. There would be blood in the streets. It definitely depends on the game, too. That's true. Because Nintendo did this with Metroid, which is a popular franchise, but let's be real, not the most popular. If they did it with, oh, I don't know, Super Smash Brothers, and they said, look, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate just isn't shaping up the way it should be. We're starting over. There would be blood in the streets. Hmm. I don't know. I think there would be. That is a game that people die over. Like, yeah. live and die over. True. Metroid is like, well, that's a good game that I'm going to be really excited to play it when it comes out. It's not a identity game. It is interesting. I brought up Blizzard and Diablo, and they've, I don't want to say they've had similar paths, but they sort of have yeah. in the fact that uh, that both fan bases feel like they were mistreated with lesser titles, you know, what the Diablo mobile game and then the stupid Metroid Prime Federation Force, stuff right. like that. And there's a new game coming that is had rocky development from what it appears like. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I guess that answers that question. That's pretty much it's a it. Very, there's very specific scenarios, I guess we would say. But yeah. no, I don't. I don't think. I think you're right. I don't think we see any more of this just because it often can be, I'd say, more negative PR than good PR yes. than in this situation. Yes, very much so. Then. That's it for the show. Oh, no. I'm so sad. You're sad? I'm sad it's at an end. Sad that it's at an end. But it's okay, because next week, we'll have Phil or Brandon, somebody, with us. Somebody. Back to the good old times when it's not just you and I dumping around over here talking about, you know, jury duty and yeah. and New Finland. Could you get your hand off my leg, by the way? It's been there the entire show, and it's kind of bothering if me. If that would be true, I'd have a very long a very long hand That's true. to reach all the way across the table here. We're... <laughs> We are quite a far distance away. Very I just thought you were lonely missing Phil or something. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But it's okay. He'll be back. He's he off being a juror, potentially. So, everybody, thank you for listening to the show. We super He got selected. Sorry. What? I'm sorry to interrupt you. You interrupted me. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Not potentially. He got selected. Oh, he did get selected. Yeah. Damn it, dude. Okay. As I was saying, <laughs> we appreciate everybody for listening to our show being a part of our community, hanging out, speaking about of uh, being part of our community, join it. Go to handsomefandom.com slash discord. We've been having a lot of great conversations this past week talking about Kingdom Hearts, talking about electronic arts and Star Wars. It's been a lot of fun. So you want to be a part of that conversation to be able to hang out with us and other people that listen to this show. So as I said, handsomefandom.com slash discord. Then we want money. We want your money specifically. But not directly from you. But not directly from you. Tell us how. We would like you to give it to Amazon, and then Amazon will give part of it to us. If you go to handsomephantom.com slash Amazon and do all of your normal purchasing, you won't pay a penny more, and Jeff Bezos will actually come to uh, our studio here and deliver it directly into our pockets. I'm telling Jeff, he, he's sweating bullets right now. He's worried about these new taxes everyone's talking about. He's saying, well... Might as well give it to Ben and Dustin. That's right. If I, if I can't have it, time. if I can't have it, they might as well. They might as They're well. Good so boys. appreciate it. Finally, as we mentioned earlier in the show, make sure to leave us a review, a rating, and to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. But 
let's be real. We want it on iTunes. That's right. All right. That's it, Ben. That's all. So until next time, we'll see you guys later. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.